Welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I am one of your usual co-hosts, Jeff. Joining me is your other usual co-host from the Pacific Northwest. It's Mark A. Johnston. Mark, welcome to yet another episode, episode number 145. Wow, 145, man. And, and I got to say, I think I've been around for most of them. I've even listened to most of them. No, you have. You've been around most of them. You don't, because I, I secretly edit something in about you in every episode, and you have yet to ever mention it. Much like in the movie Draft Day, when they uh, tape a $100 bill to the end of the playbook to see if you read it or not, I don't believe you. <laughs> you can choose not to believe me, but I know in my heart that I'm lying. I mean, that I'm right. All right, well, let's get right into it. We've got a good show today. We've got a great topic that I'm excited to talk about. But before we do that, as usual, let us get limbered up and uh, make sure we don't pull our hammies. Uh, It's time for BP. All right, Mark, the minor league rule five draft took place last week. Now, why would I mention this? It's a minor league rule five draft. It's not even the major league rule five draft. Well, It's because, Mark, your Seattle Mariners made a pick. They picked up Tommy Wilson, a pitcher. Yes. Are you excited about this? Oh, I certainly was. I mean, Tommy Wilson. How would you not (laughs) be excited about it? Well, I'll tell you why we're mentioning it here on this show. Because Tommy Wilson is the son of Thomas Wilson. Anything anything come uh, come into mind about Thomas Wilson? Thomas Wilson, yeah, he played the guitar for the Beach Boys. <laughs> no, not even close. Oh. Thomas oh. Wilson was the actor who played Biff Tannen in Back to the Future. Oh, wow, Tom Wilson. Yeah, yeah, now, now I got it. Yeah, so, of course, so that led me to, uh, you know, needing to look up the IMDb page of uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Wilson here. His first appearance, this dude works a ton his first yes. appearance was 1984. He was in an episode of Knight Rider, so big ups. Then he was in an episode of Facts of Life. Love it. And then his fourth acting job ever was Biff Tannen in Back to the Future. Which is iconic, of That's course. a pretty steep career curve there, going from Knight Rider and the Facts of Life guests, guest spots to uh, being in a major motion picture like that, but... Good for him. Also does some some really funny comedy if you ever get the chance to see a stand-up. Yeah, he did a he did a podcast for a while. I think he's still got a YouTube channel. Looking at the rest of his his IMDB page here, in Turner and Hooch, you gotta love that. This excited me. I had to mention this. Uh, he was in an episode of Sabrina Teenage Witch. Of course. So, <laughs> you know we we track that here, but he has been working. I mean, he is this page is so long. He is still working today. He's uh currently in the Patrick Star TV show. I have no idea what that is. He also voices Patrick's dad in uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, he he actually does a lot of these cons, these conventions. Yeah, good for him. His son though, Tommy Wilson, uh, let's see, never made it. Well, so far, he's only been in the minors. He's only 25 years old right now. He's been, uh, he played at Cal State Fullerton, the Dirtbags. Uh, he has gotten as high as double A with the Mets in Binghamton. Last year, he, let's see, appeared in 10 games, went 1-0 and with a 2.35 ER. He didn't play a whole lot. I'm assuming that he was hurt, but he is now a member of your Seattle Mariners franchise. So congratulations. 
Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. Let me tell you. Yeah, I think that's that's a big move. Uh, let's get to uh, Tom Hankey. We have talked about Tom Hankey an awful lot on this show, just because not he's to be awesome. confused with his dad, Mister Hankey. Yeah, Mister Hankey was his dad. This is Tom Hankey. <laughs> that works well in that context. But Tom Hankey, one of the most dominant closers, especially in the uh, in the mid to late 80s and the, in the early 90s. He was incredible. Only led the league in saves one year. We've talked about him, though. I mean, 311 career saves, a 267 career ERA. That's a 157 ERA plus. He was a member of the 1992 World Series team. He was a Rolaids Relief Man of the Year winner, and he was an All-Star twice. The reason, though, that I am bringing this up is because of his nickname, which I don't believe either you or I knew of until we pulled a card in Wax Packs Heroes and then saw that his nickname was the Terminator and thought that was pretty cool. Absolutely. Guess what I found this last week? <laughs> what? Well, those uh, those clever folks up there in Toronto, of course, recorded a song about Tom Hankey called The Terminator. And so, of course, I've got it right here. Now, if you didn't hear some of those lyrics, it was, you can bring him in now. I see you can bring him in now because he's only going to get mad later. And also uh, something about never giving up a tater. I've lost it already. It's I'm just stuck on the uh, on the uh, the chorus Terminator. Not exactly the song that'll get you fired up. Maybe I'm not just not much of a country guy. Nothing against country music. Please don't send emails. I have no problem with country music. I think I just don't get it. For a song about a Terminator, I think I would have leaned metal. I'm just saying. Or maybe Tom Hankey likes country. Maybe that's why they did it. Maybe uh, he gets fired up by bluegrass. Who knows? Yeah. I don't think that was his his entrance music, but <laughs> that I mean that's what we do. We if 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 some fan base is going to make a song about a player, we're gonna play it. Or if a pitcher decides to rap about Ford trucks. We're going to play that too. Uh, I wanted to uh, mention two things about our last two episodes. First of all, uh, Bobby Valentine, if you haven't heard that episode, he was nice enough to join us a couple of weeks ago. I had watched this on YouTube a while ago and I'd forgotten about it and forgot to add it to our Bobby V media dump from that episode. But there is on YouTube a documentary called The Zen of Bobby V. It's from 2008, and it is, it's like a full two-hour thing, but it is uh, chronicling his time in Japan, his second go-around with the Marines, and it's very, yeah, it's very interesting. I'll throw that down in the show notes. Uh, It's fun to just watch the baseball culture in Japan. That's what I enjoyed most out of it. Plus, Bobby V is is a fun guy, as we found out. Also, I want to give a, a shout out to uh, one of our usual listeners, Brian Krause. He sent me a clipping from a, a newspaper from 1993, June 20th. Actually, this is from June 21st of 1993 about John Cruck and a game that he had him 
that he had against the Florida Marlins. So June 20th, 1993, that was a Sunday. And Charlie Huff, one of our favorites, was on the mound for the Marlins. Knuckleballer, he was uh, 604 at this point. I think this was his 400th start, which is a pretty pretty lofty number uh, for uh, Mr. Huff. But he had John Crock's number. John Crock, not a fan of the knuckleball. In fact, in this clipping that uh, that we were sent, here is a quote from John about the knuckleball. If I had to hit against a knuckler every day, I'd quit right now. I'd rather have my leg cut off. It's not American. It's a freak pitch. End quote. <laughs> it's not American. It's not American. Wow. <laughs> despite the fact 100% being, uh, you know, discovered here in America, it was, uh, it's not an American pitch. John Crock took the caller against, uh, against Mr. Huff during this game, but in his final at bat, he came up and he hit a three run home run, which won the game for them. They went on to win it. Mitch Williams came in and got the save. This is, uh, this is his quote after the game when the uh, fish took out Huff. He said, quote, thank God they took Huff out. All I could think about is how cold that beer would taste after the game, which goes right along with what everything <laughs> else we've seen. About John Crack. Thank you for sending that along. We uh, we appreciate when uh, when uh, our listeners do that. Let's see, Mark. This show is debuting on December fourteenth. Wanted to mention something that happened on December fourteenth back in nineteen forty eight. It's something that we've talked about on this show before, but the anniversary of it is here today. So I wanted to mention it. Nineteen forty eight. The Philadelphia Phillies made a couple of transactions. One of which was trading pitchers uh, Walter Dubiel and Dutch Leonard to the Cubs for first baseman Eddie Watkiss and pitcher Hank Bowery. Now, if you remember, Eddie Watkiss is the real-life inspiration for the book and movie The Natural, where he had a, a very outgoing female fan. It became obsessed with him, and when he was just when he was traded, she became upset, and eventually went and tried to kill him when he came back to Chicago with the, the Phillies. The next year, next season, he came back the year after that and won the Comeback Player of the Year award because he was a pretty good player. That happened today, Tuesday, December fourteenth, back in nineteen forty-eight. Nice. All right, Mark. It is time for trivia. I asked you a trivia question last week. Which you you knew the answer to. That is what is. I feel like I'm losing my my touch here because you knew the answer as soon as I asked the question. I did, yes. Which is a rarity. It's a rarity. <laughs> Seeing the number of responses we got, I alone am the only person in America apparently who did not know this information. So the question <laughs> was: Who is the last player active in professional sports? that was drafted by the Montreal Expos. And I, I did stress the player active in professional sports, not just baseball. And Mark, you knew the answer to this question right away. You want to go ahead and tell everybody? Yeah, it, uh, ob- it's pretty obvious when you think about it. Just kidding. It's, uh, it's Tom Brady. Yes, you are, you are absolutely correct. It is Tom Brady, he of Patriots and uh, Bucks fame in the NFL. I had no idea that he was drafted by the Expos in the 18th round of the 1995 draft. Brady was an outstanding catcher. I don't know. I, I, if, you, if you equate a, a quarterback in, in, in baseball, I guess catchers are kind of that. They're calling, 
they're calling the game essentially, right? Calling the game, you're throwing the ball really hard. <laughs> I had no idea, but apparently everybody else in the country did. We had a bunch of people respond correctly and quickly. Let's see. We had John McGovern, Brian Krauss, Omari Robertson, Jack Brown, Marco Sines, Casey Rittenauer, and Chris Cook all came up with uh, Tom Brady. So congratulations to that. I think there was a little bit of confusion. I, I had several people sending me uh, answers for who was the last expo to play, which we knew was uh, was uh, Bartolo. He was not right. drafted by the Expos, but he was the last player to ever don an Expos uniform and still be playing in the majors. Uh, congratulations to everybody. Apparently, I am. I, I don't follow football. I don't know these things. I don't know. Do they mention this on every game that Brady's playing? Are they like, <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, that's uh, he's uh, 10 for 12 uh, tonight for uh, 110 yards. Did you know that uh, Tom Brady was uh, drafted by the Expos? I don't know. You know, and, and I'm just looking at things from a general standpoint. I think he made the right career choice. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not prepared to say that. You never know. Okay. <laughs> I guarantee you wouldn't still be catching at this point. And is, what is he, like 58? Yeah, he's. I think he hit triple digits recently, actually. <laughs> he's the Charlie Huff of the NFL. There you go. All right, so I got a new trivia question here. I don't know if this is going to be easy or hard. I've, I just like finding things that I didn't know and then asking them. So here is my trivia question for this week. Of players that have played for at least two different teams in their career, what is the longest time spent with a single team? So this is hmm. disregarding Cal Ripken or Tony Gwen. Uh, we're, we're looking for people that played for at least two different teams in their career. What is the longest time that one of those guys had spent with a single team? You got to think more along the lines of somebody like Ryan Sandberg, right? Who came up with the Phillies for those 13 games in 81 and then went on to spend the, the rest of his career 15 years in Chicago. Rhino is not the answer. So right there, that tells you that the, the answer played for at least two teams. And on one of those teams, he spent more than 15 years. And it's not Ricky Henderson. I'm just <laughs> right. going to throw it out there. All right. So put on your uh, put on your thinking caps. Uh, start plugging in the uh, integers into your uh, into your arrays and your your search engines and see what you can come up with. I doubt we're going to have that many correct answers next week, <laughs> but uh, hopefully we will. All right. That's going to put a bow on our batting practice segment this week. I think we're all we're all stretched out, ready to go, all limbered up. And Mark, you have got our subject this week. This is something that is ripe for this show in terms of some of the things that went on. Why don't you tell us what you want to talk about this week? I was uh, doing a, a little research and I came across um, a little spat between a couple of players or a player and an owner that we've talked about before. And, and I found out uh, Dave Winfield did not really get along very well with uh, Mr. Steinbrenner. Not many did. Yeah, that's true. Um, but these guys really got into it. And so I started doing a little research. It was pretty interesting. So to, to kind of start things off, you got to understand Winfield had been drafted by the Padres and he had played for San Diego from 1973 through 1980. Through all that time, the Padres, this is back when they had the NL West was six teams, and uh, they had never finished higher than fourth. Winfield, you know, all the things that generally will, will tempt a, a great ball player, you know, a bigger city, 
a little more money. Well, maybe a lot more money, uh, more chances and opportunities to do, to promote things and so on like that. And of course the world series ring. So the, both the Mets and the Yankees got word that Winfield was interested. And so they started trying to make moves behind the scenes to try and tempt Dave to come there. The Mets, they actually tried to land Fred Lynn in a trade with Boston. They were offering Tim Leary, Mookie Wilson, and Neil Allen. They, uh, that didn't go through. It didn't happen. They tried to sign some free agents and so on. And it, it ended up, none of it worked because it ended up that the Braves, Ted Turner, and uh, the Mets had offered more money than the Yankees had, but Winfield went with the Yankees anyway. He wanted to win, and he saw that uh, this is probably going to be his best chance. Plus, you know, who doesn't want to be a Yankee? You know, whether you want to admit it or not, I'm just saying. But Steinbrenner really wanted him, and he really got him. And uh, he was not going <laughs> to. One thing I heard, Steinbrenner was no way, there was no way he was going to let Ted Turner, this new upstart owner, come in here and, and try and be George Steinbrenner. Ted Turner's not going to start being me. So he had to make sure that Ted didn't sign Dave Winfield. That's interesting that you mentioned that other teams had, had offered more money for Winfield because when he signed, he signed at two and a half million per season, which at that point was the it was a record for a player, even though it was a record. He, there was more on the table elsewhere, but he more than doubled with that two and a half million per season. The previous record, which was set by none other than your buddy Nolan Ryan with the Astros yes. two years earlier. Yes, uh, I remember him being on the cover of Sports Illustrated when that happened. I can't remember a single theorem I learned when I was a math major, but I can tell you that Nolan Ryan was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at some point in 1980. So uh, what happened was uh, Steinbrenner got his guy. He uh, was going to put him out there in the outfield uh, alongside Reggie Jackson. This was Reggie's last year. Um, he was He's going to be 35 in 1981, and he, he still was ripping the ball, though. He'd hit 41 homers the previous season, finished second in AL MVP voting, you know, he was still, he was out there, but he didn't get uh, Steinbrenner as World Series. So of course he was not going to be good enough. Just an aside real quick. We've talked about Winfield being drafted. I did a little more research drafted by other uh, leagues. He was uh, drafted by the Vikings in the NFL. And he was actually drafted by both the ABA and the NBA. So the Utah stars of the ABA and the Atlanta Hawks of the NBA, six foot six, super athletic, Everybody wanted him, but the Yankees got him. The Padres, well, the Padres got him, but the Yankees ended up with him, which sounds like everything else that happens in baseball. Don't don't forget that. It, so he played basketball at the University of Minnesota. Was a was mm -hmm. a was a very good basketball player. You mentioned the the Vikings drafted him. Never played football, but he was such an athlete mm -hmm. and so big that that you know why not why not try? Because I'm sure he would have been excellent at that as well. Just a fantastic sure. athlete. Take him out there at tight end or something and, and just watch him go crazy. He, he could have played a lot of different places, though. Yeah, just a pure athlete. You know, and, and you and I both know what it's like to have people, you know, know how good we are at something and come after us and tempt Constantly. us and try yeah. and get us to. That's why, yeah. that's why I have to change my phone number all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Mark, can you come do some baseball history for us? Where'd you get this number? You know, stuff like that. Shut up, mom. <laughs> well, you're not my mother. Who is? Oh, it's just mother. Uh, anyway, sorry about that. Steinbrenner wasn't happy enough, though, just getting 
Winfield here. So he actually tried to trade Ron Guidry and Rupert Jones to the Red Sox to get Fred Lynn. He wanted the outfield, uh, Lynn in center, Jackson in right, Winfield in left. Superstar, super outfield. They almost made the deal, but the boss wanted Dennis Eckersley too, and Boston said, I don't think so. They offered uh, Bob Stanley. They offered Mike Torres. Nope, Steinbrenner wanted Eckersley, and so it never happened. Um, you talked about that uh, interesting contract that Winfield signed, the record. This was a 10-year, $15 million deal. The funny thing is Winfield's lawyers were a little bit ahead of the times, and they got cost-of-living adjustments thrown into this, into this contract. Winfield's 10-year, $15 million contract ended up being a 10-year, $23 million contract because of the cost of living adjustments and changes. Nobody on the Yankees saw that coming, which I thought was hilarious. You know, not only did he get a, a record contract, it was even bigger of a record than we initially knew. Steinbrenner, of course, had something to say. He said, I let Mr. October get away, and I got Mr. May, Dave Winfield. He gets his numbers when it doesn't count. Wow. <laughs> so there's their friendship, you know. All right, so Mr. May, which is... <laughs> I mean, that's a slap in the face for first of all, because Winfield was just incredible in San Diego and he was really good in New York, too. But it just it wasn't good enough for for the boss. So I've got his splits here throughout his career. If you sort them by home runs, 85 in May, 84 in July throughout his career, 82 in June, September, October is fourth with 76. So that's uh, that's really a rough, uh, rough thing to say about Dave Winfield being a being Mr. May. He was very consistent. I'm looking at his splits here throughout his career and month to month. He is very consistent between 295 and 277 every year. Hmm. I guess it's a little bit of sour grapes. Definitely. For for George, just because he didn't get that. He didn't. He didn't get taken to the promised land by, by Winfield. And he ended up paying an, an extra $8 million to a guy he didn't even like. Yeah. So, so, you know, he runs his mouth, which is not atypical for Mr. Steinbrenner. I remember I used to, when Ricky was on the, uh, when Ricky was on the Yankees, I actually had a picture of George Steinbrenner on my dartboard. <laughs> That's awesome. Do we miss him? I don't know. He was a character and he gave us a lot of news. I mean, we're still talking about him, so he must have done something right. But 1990, Winfield comes into spring training. He's a little light hitting. He goes one for 29. So he gets he doesn't get to be the starting right fielder anymore. They make him the DH. He gets into an 0 for 23 stretch, and they decide, no, 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 you're not the DH every day. You're going to be the DH against lefty starters only. Dave and, Winfield. Yeah. <laughs> Right? This is like, okay. And then here's the kicker. When the Yankees submitted their all-star ballot, they had to put three outfielders. So they put Jesse Barfield, Roberto Kelly, and Mel Hall. There was no Winfield to be found, and he didn't vote on DH back then. He uh, told reporters, it's ridiculous. Whoever made this decision should be fired. And uh, three days later, Steinbrenner tried to get rid of Mr. Winfield unsuccessfully. Didn't he so, know but, you can't fire the boss? <laughs> Apparently nobody told him. 
uh, the assistant to the traveling secretary had something to do with <laughs> well, it. Well, he was going on about cotton uniforms. He got lost and yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was a weird time too. We'll have to report on that sometime. The whole cotton, cotton is king. So George Steinbrenner decides he's going to deal Dave Winfield. He's going to trade him to the Angels. And Dave says, actually, I am a 10 and 5 guy. So that means he's played 10 years in the big leagues and five with the same team. So there was a standoff. They were saying, hey, you put the Angels on as a team that you could be traded to. And he said, no, that doesn't mean that I have to accept the trade to them. So back and forth there, and they were going to go into arbitration. Five days in, the man stepped up, Angels owner Gene Autry. He came in and he said, how about another three-year, $9.1 million contract extension? <laughs> Winfield, now he's, 30, he's, he's 38. He's coming up on 39, and he doesn't have a contract for 91. So he gets this three-year deal, and he says, oh, yeah, done. I accept the trade. He does not let uh, Gene Autry down. He uh, uh, comes out, he hits a cleanup, plays right field, and hits 19 home runs and 72 runs batted in in 111 games. Not so bad. I guess he wasn't as washed up as the boss thought he was. Something very weird happened after that. Steinbrenner, he wanted to try and dig up dirt on Dave Winfield. And, and, you know, I mean, it's your typical, it happens in politics. Apparently it happens in the Yankees too. So he, he went and found uh, this guy, Howie Spirit, and he was a professional gambler and, uh, he was mobbed up too. Oh yeah. And and that's, you know, 40 G's in and uh, Steinbrenner's going to get some info on Winfield. Well, that didn't really come about. And, the Yankees, as part of the contract, they were supposed to give the Winfield Foundation, which is Dave's charity, they were supposed to give it certain amounts of money. They were missing their deadlines, and they tried to sue Dave for misappropriation and misuse of funds with the foundation, and that just got really ugly and really nasty. There was a a, a meeting before he got traded. Steinbrenner had uh, a meeting to tell him that, hey, you know, if we do go to arbitration and you win. You'll, we'll welcome you back 100%. Well, that was tampering. He's not supposed to have a meeting with him. So Faye Vincent, he ruled that the meeting was tampering and he fined the Yankees twenty five grand and forced them to pay $200,000 to the Angels. So Faye had to step in. So I've got, I, I got to just, I want to throw this in because uh, I did some reading a while ago about, uh, about Howard Spira, the, the mobster yeah. here, the, the gambler. Winfield's agent that made this this contract with the with the Yankees that, you know, kind of pulled one over on Steinbrenner. He introduced Winfield to Howard Spira first. And at one point, Spira came up with to Winfield and said, hey, listen, give me forty thousand dollars and I've got some dirt on on uh, George Steinbrenner that you can use. But Winfield said, you know what? I'm not doing that. I, I'm just I'm a baseball player. So then Spear turned around and went to Steinbrenner and made him the same offer. Give me forty thousand dollars and I'll give you some dirt on on Winfield. And then that's where this whole kind of house of cards started to started to come down. But yeah, I thought it was interesting that initially this offer was made to Winfield to try to take down Steinbrenner, but he didn't want anything to do with it. So then it, it went the other way. Yeah, it was a sneaky thing by some little gambling dude who uh, just uh, couldn't keep his hands out of the Yankees business. But uh, Spira, he, he ended up getting making a name for himself and not a good one. So, 
July 30th, 1990, after all these things had gone on, the tampering and so on, Faye Vincent finally said he was going to suspend George Steinbrenner for two years. Well, this wasn't good enough for George. George thought that the suspension would cause him to lose his position. He was VP of the United States Olympic Committee. So he's vice president of the USOC. He thinks a two-year ban, a two-year suspension is going to cost him his job there. So he talks Vincent into banning him for life. Okay. Sure. I don't really get it, but okay, if you're banned for life, apparently it can't be banned by the USOC. I have no idea. So, of course, things went on. Uh, nothing ever happened as far as the USOC getting fired and so on. And after two years, think about it, two years, Faye changed his mind and revoked the lifetime ban. So it ended up being a two-year ban anyway. Uh, eventually, the supposedly the two of them made up and became uh, acquaintances again. But uh, if you take a look in the Hall of Fame, Dave Winfield, even though he played more games as a Yankee, hit more home runs as a Yankee, et cetera, um, he went into the Hall of Fame as a Padre. So that kind of tells you what he thinks of, of Mr. Steinbrenner and his team. Yeah, the boss did not like that either. That was no, another it was another thing that pissed him off. It's, it's like it's like my wife, like no matter what I do, sometimes it's going to piss her off. And that was this relationship. <laughs> I get it. I, I believe me. I get it. This is I got 25 years of marriage coming up here in February, so I get it. This uh, as far as Spira, Spira, um, he spent 22 months in jail. And even after Mr. Steinbrenner had passed away, he had this wonderful quote to say about him. I do not forgive him for all the terrible things he did to me. I stand by what I've said. He ruined my life, my health, and my reputation. I'm very relieved that man has to face the most powerful test there is for what he has done. He has to face God. I wouldn't want to be George right now. What a sweet thing to say. Thank you, Howard Spira. Steinbrenner always has a lot of fans. A lot of laughs. <laughs> I thought that quote was um, a little over the top, but he, uh, I guess uh, Spira was upset. That's what it sounded like anyway. I got a couple of things, just it's more Winfield related uh, that caught my eye that kind of, I think, go along with the, the feel of our show. Yeah, we've, of course, mentioned the boss quite a few times, the the nickname for George Steinbrenner. Well, here was a quote uh, from Winfield about uh, when somebody asked him about the boss. He says, quote, I have no problem with Bruce Springsteen. So he just didn't even acknowledge him, which, of course, just upset him a little bit more. Uh, his funny. previous owner with the Padres was Ray Kroc, the original yes. owner of McDonald's. Well, apparently uh, Winfield was unimpressed and at one point uh, during his career owned several Burger King franchises. So, <laughs> oh, boy, that's funny. Uh, then, of course, I had to look up Dave Winfield because I remember that Dave Winfield was in that Married with Children episode during the 1994 strike that we've talked about at nauseum before. So <laughs> I wanted to say, well, he had to abandon more stuff. So I looked it up. Dave Winfield's got his own IMDb page. Also appeared on the Drew Carey show, the Tony Danza show, which I didn't know was a thing. Had to look it up. Another show called Sibs, which I had never heard of and I didn't bother to look up. He was also in an episode of Arliss, which I don't know about anybody else, but I remember Arliss was like must see TV for me. What athlete's going to be on this week? The episode that he was on, he appeared alongside Ernie Banks and Raleigh Fingers. So wow. three Hall of Famers right there. I do hate to tell you, though, uh, he did not appear on an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. 
Well, that kind of takes me down a notch, but uh, that's okay. He's no Thomas Wilson. I mean, kind of something else interesting about him as an entertainer. um, Gosh, this must've been 10 years ago. uh, The Mariners got me tickets to go to Benaroya Hall in Seattle and see the Seattle Symphony salute to baseball. So they did a lot of baseball uh, songs and so on. And then they brought out the one and only Dave Winfield to read Casey at the bat. And it was pretty neat. All right. I got one more thing for you. Winfield related. But I have found a piece of video on the internet where some dude is stealing our gig. He has uh, cornered uh, Dave Winfield here, and he's opening a pack of baseball cards with him. (laughs) No. So uh, before we get to our own version of Wax Packs here, I think I just want to play you a little bit of audio from this, and that'll lead us into something else. So here he is. They are opening uh, opening some uh, some tops. And he pulls a Luis Pujols card. This is what Dave Winfield uh, remembers about Luis Pujols. True story. Not that you, you won't really see him in a book. It's not Albert Pujols, but Luis Pujols. <laughs> he was a catcher for the uh, uh, Houston Astros. And it was my free agent, free agent year, 1980, my last year in San Diego. And we're playing the um, Astros. Nolan Ryan is pitching. He came up and in on me too many times. So I had to go out and speak to him. <laughs> and Louis was one of the guys in the way. Umpire was one and Louis was number two. Louis, Louis stopped me for it. Boom, he went down. I get umpires to the side. Nolan Ryan, bring it on, man. So we, we had a scrum right on top of the pitcher's mound out there. I'm guessing, I'm guessing your hands speak and, pretty loudly. Yeah, but you know, in, in the in the old days, you know, they could throw, you know, knock you down, the helmet come off, they, and they didn't stop the game. It was part of it. You, you got to man up and, you know, perform. And it was funny. At the, after I left the league, they threw me out of the game and everything. But after... I was in the American League, and then the next All-Star game was a couple years later. Nolan's in the All-Star game, and I'm in the All-Star game up in Minnesota. Don't you know one of the pitches? All-Star game. I'm in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there's, awesome. now, now, I've got more. <laughs> because I found a I found some video of Nolan Ryan talking about the exact same fight in Dave Winfield. After he took a punch at me, and I, and I realized that, you know, if he had connected, he could have really hurt me. So I took the attitude, if anybody else comes out there, I'm not going to be passive about it because they're coming out uh, with the intent to hurt you, and so you have to protect yourself. <laughs> so uh, apparently Robin Ventura did not hear that uh, interview. Exactly. The recipient of, of that changed attitude was Robin Ventura. Now, this did lead me to something, though. I went and looked up Luis Pujols. And uh, the cousin of Albert Pujols Ah. and Luis uh, Pujols had a 10 year career in the big leagues. He was an absolute backup, never started 100 games, career batting average of 193. But he was very good defensively. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) But I thought that was funny. First of all, he's opening a pack of baseball cards. Somebody's stealing our, 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 our idea there. And then uh, that he mentions, you know, your favorite player. And this is the fight. There is a picture of it. I I know I've posted it on Twitter before of uh, of this fight. And Winfield, you know, is huge. 
Yeah. He's 6'6", <laughs> six, six. Six, six, 220. Those long arms, he's kind of just holding uh, holding Nolan Ryan at an arm's distance. And uh, much like Dark Helmet in uh, Spaceballs is just, you know, trying to swing and just isn't long <laughs> enough. <laughs> Which, you know, Winfield had a similar fight with A's catcher Mike Heath, where he did the exact same thing. Just holding him at arm's length with those huge arms. Here was not a big man, so no. that's uh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there are similar pictures to both the Nolan Ryan and the Mike Heath fight, and I, I know I've posted them on on Twitter several times because they're hilarious. Uh, it just looks like Big Brother holding Little Brother, you know, <laughs> back just uh, at arm's length. All right, so that's uh, Dave Winfield and the boss, not to be confused with uh, Bruce Springsteen, George Steinbrenner. That was awesome. Thanks, Mike. Mike. Thanks, Thanks Mark. <laughs> You're welcome, John. <laughs> it's only show 145. Why should I be expected to know your name by now? <laughs> I, I'm with you. I don't know what I was thinking. All right. It's that time of the show by looking at the clock. It's everybody's favorite. Let's head to Wax Packs Heroes. It is time for everybody's favorite cardboard and wax based 1v1 co host v co host exhibition. It is time for Wax Heroes. All right, before we get into it, let's review the rules. Mark and I will both be opening a pair of baseball cards, generally from the Junk Wax era. We will look at these cards and get credit for each player's baseball reference war from the year of the pack we are opening. However, whoever has the highest war total at the end is proclaimed the winner. But there are some qualifiers that can add or subtract from your score if the player is wearing real stirrups that we can see sanitary socks beneath. That's an extra tenth of a point of war because that's good. But if they are wearing the dreaded two-in-ones, that is minus half a point. Noah's Frio. If they have anything around their eyes, meaning sunglasses, glasses, glasses, a monocle, or even goggles, extra tenth of a point of war. If they're wearing sweatbands with their jersey number or caricature on them, Extra tenth of a point of war for each. If that player won an award that season, MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, Gold Glove, or was an all-star, extra tenth of a point of war for each. And if that player now has a plaque in the hallowed grounds of Cooperstown, New York, you get a whole point of war because that there is a Hall of Famer. And finally, Mark and I will each pick a team. If we get a player from that team, we get an extra half a point of war. But if we get a player from the other person's team, we minus half a point. Mark... With that, which team are you picking? You know, I think I'm going to go with the Padres. Padres. All right. Well, I am. I'm not going to go with the natural rival, the Mariners, according to Major right. League Baseball. I right. am going to go with the team that uh, Dave Winfield played for the most. I am going to go with the Yankees. There you go. We've already explained the rules. We've got a couple of extra ones that we've added on here recently. Uh, we're each only taking 10 cards from each of these packs. I'm just going to call you Mike for the rest of the show. Mike, uh, I have got two different uh, two different makes here from 1991. I have got a Leaf and a Fleer Ultra. Whoa. So, yeah, we're going to kind of mix and match a little bit here. So, uh, we've already chosen your team. I'm going to let you pick. Do you want the Leaf or do you want the Flare Ultra? I'm going to go with Leaf. Leaf. All right. Well, I'm going to set that aside because I'm going to choose to go first. 
And uh, I am going to go ahead. This has got 14 cards in here, so I got to lose four. I think I am going to lose. I'm going to lose the last four as usual. See how it goes. Looking at the scoreboard right now, I did win a rare win last week. The uh, the score is nine to six. You are still on top. Uh, looking at the back four cards. Uh, one is a Hall of Famer. That's not good. I'm going to lose Jim Eisenreich. I'm going to lose Hall of Famer Ozzy Smith. I'm going to uh, lose Mackie Sasser and Mike Fitzgerald. So uh, that wasn't too rough. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd like to have Ozzy in there, but uh, you know, I can't can't keep them all. All right. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, we're going to start here. I have got a catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. It is Tim McIntosh. I uh, created uh, one of the Apple computers, didn't he? I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure they had Macs in 1991. So I don't know that it was his work that uh, that created that or not. I'm going to, I think it was probably Steve Wozniak is who you're getting confused with. Oh, oh, oh. what was I thinking? Let's see. Um, Tim McIntosh, I definitely remember him with the Brewers. Apparently he spent a little bit of time with Montreal in 93 and the Yankees in 96. But if his five years, four of it was in Montreal, 1991, he got into a whopping seven games. Ooh. He did hit 364 and had a 197 OPS plus. <laughs> That'll get me a point one war. So uh, nothing else on this card is going to get me anything, but it's at least headed in the right direction. <laughs> it's it's a positive start. Good, good. Yeah, definitely. Also played for your uh, your ham fighters. For one year in 95. That's not going to help me a whole lot. All right. Next, we've got a guy that uh, I always uh, get him confused with. Roger Dorn uh, from <laughs> Big League. But it's Bill Dorn here with the Reds. Uh, Bill, Bill Dorn, second baseman. Yeah. Roger Dorn was a third baseman. Bill Dorn played for the Astros for quite a few years. He was one of my favorite players. Switch hitting. Uh, a little bit of pop. Good quick runner. Yeah, now if you just type Bill Dorn into the Google machine, the first thing that's going to come up is the Bill Dorn Company, a wholesale florist. Oh. We'll, we'll check out and see if that's the Bill Dorn or not. That would be a very unique second career for him. For I'm sure. All for it. Let's see, Bill Dorn, 12 years in the big leagues. Most of it was with, in, uh, with Houston. Uh, let's see, 1991, he was in Cincinnati. He was essentially their everyday second baseman. He hit 280. That's not bad for Bill Doran. Didn't have a lot of pop in his career. 84 total home runs. A 104 OPS plus, though. I'll take that. And all of that equates to a war of 1.5. Uh, unfortunately, he does have two and ones on, so that'll just be a 1.4. So I don't see anything here about this floral company being this wholesale florist being the Bill Doran, but I do have some other information on Bill Doran. He has a son who he named Ryan after uh, Nolan Ryan, who was a teammate in the uh, with yes. the, at one point in the eighties, yeah. And uh, his sister Denise was a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. Wow! You only get this information here. That's All right. Good stuff. Next, uh, I have got outfielder, a uh, generational player. It is Brian McRae. Brian McRae, man, leadoff hitter, right? Yeah, he played leadoff. He had some good speed. Uh, he also has a lot of mug shots when you punch him into the Google. 
Uh-huh. So, well, <laughs> that's always great. Uh, 1991 with the Royals. He spent 10 years in the big leagues. Half of it was with the Royals. 91 was his second year. He appeared in 152 games, hit 261, only a 288 on base. So yeah. I'm hoping he didn't lead off that much at that point because that's atrocious. Let's see. 11 uh, caught stealing, 20 successful stolen bases. Only walked 24 times, an 82 OPS plus, and that equals a war of 0.6. And uh, nothing else on this card is going to help me out. All right, so I'm at 2.1. Next, I've got pitcher for the Cubs, Mike Bilecki. Oh, I remember Mike Bilecki. He was a Cub? Why do uh, I picture him as a Oriole? Uh, I think, yeah, I think he was, uh, well, he was definitely an Oriole at one point. Here he is with the Cubs. Let's see. Mike Bilecki spent 14 years in the big leagues, five of it with Atlanta, and then four with the Bucks and the Cubs, and then one year with California and one year with Cleveland. Hmm. You think of, yeah, I, I know. I know who you're thinking of. It's Mike Bold, my Bob yeah, it's, Malachi, it's an Ecky. It's some, some flavor of an Ecky is who, uh, who you're thinking of. Uh, let's see. 1991. Uh, let's see. Balecki. Got to say that properly. Split time between the Cubs and Atlanta. Overall, he went 13 and 11 with a 4.46 ERA. All of that equals a war of positive 0.5. Uh, he does have the two and ones on though, so that's only going to be a point four. We're ninety one. We're right in the heart of two and one popularity. Yeah. So when he was with Cleveland in ninety three, Bilecki was invited to join Steve Olin, Tim Cruz, and Bob Ojeda on a fishing trip in spring training, but declined. Of course, oh, we wow. know that that trip ended up killing yeah. both Olin and Cruz, and Ojeda was badly injured in that. So. Oh. Wow, that's, that's frightening. Yeah. All right, next we've got not a Hall of Famer, but somebody that a lot of people certainly think should be. It's Lou Whitaker. Sweet Lou. One of my favorites. Uh, I like him because he's got the flip downs in this uh, in this card. So that right away is going to get me some extra points or an extra point. But let's see. 19 years in the big leagues. Sweet Lou, every single bad of it was in a Tiger uniform. 1991, he was 34 years old, still was the regular uh, second baseman. Had a 279, 391, 489 slash line, 23 home runs uh, in that year. That's a lot for Lou Whitaker, 78 RBI, and that equals a 141 OPS plus. Uh, I'm excited for this. A 6.8 war for Sweet Lou. Wow. Plus with the flip downs, that'll take me to 6.9. That'll take me up to 9.4. Thank you, Lou Whitaker. Sweet Lou. You know, we've talked about uh, his 1985 All-Star appearance where he forgot his uniform, had to buy a, uh, a, a, a replica, and they, with magic marker, put his number in it, uh, number on it. Uh, the Smithsonian holds this jersey to this day. Oh, it's, not in the, it's not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. It is in the Smithsonian. Wow. Which that is pretty cool. That's big time. Yeah. All right. Next, I have got a mainstay for those Atlanta teams in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Second baseman, Jeff Treadway. Oh, yeah. Who can forget Jeff Treadway? All right. Let's see the Treader. I don't think that's his nickname, but that's what I'm going to call him. Or Treader Joe. 
I got I got a bunch. Oh, wow. Nine years in the big leagues. Uh, most of it was with Atlanta in 91, 106 games at second base, uh, hit 320 with a 368 on base. Only had uh, three home runs, not much power. 90, though, he hit 11 home runs, the only year he finished in double digits. But uh, in 91, that equals a 116 OPS plus, and that is a 1.2 war. Good news for me, though, is he has actual real stirrups, and he also has eye black on. So that's a 1.4. I'm digging it. That'll take me another good one. Yeah. You're putting the pressure on me. Yeah. Well, the highlight of his Wikipedia page is that he uh, successfully pulled off the hidden ball trick multiple times in his major league career. Well, there you go. Yeah. Take it. All right. Next, I've got a pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. It's Ken Howell. Ken Howell. The name rings a bell, but I'm not uh, pulling up any stats. Uh, It's not Jack Howell. It is Ken Howell. (laughs) Let's see. Ken Howell, seven years in the big leagues. Most of it was with the Dodgers. His uh, final two years were with Philadelphia in 89 and 90 which is disappointing because that means that I don't get any points for that because he didn't pitch in 91. And this son of a gun is wearing two and ones. Brutal. Yeah, so that's going to minus me a a tenth of a point. All right, next I have got, oh, it's one of uh, your favorite first baseman that's got home run in his last name, so it's got to be good. (laughs) H.R. Beck. Yeah, Kent Herbeck. All right, Herbie, uh, much like Lou Whitaker, Every single at-bat in the big leagues was in a Twins uniform. 14 years in the big leagues. Uh, of course, he was a member of both of the uh, World Series teams for the Twins in 87 and 91. Let's see. In uh, 1991, he hit 284 on base 373 and a 461 slugging for a 125 OPS plus. That's with 20 home runs and 89 RBI. He had four stolen bases that year. Wow. Uh, he was also caught four times, but <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll just highlight the trying. positive. Yeah. 1.9 war. Uh, he's got real stirrups on here and he's got eye black. So I will take that. Uh, that'll give me a 2.1 for Mr. Herbeck. He was also trained in Greco Roman wrestling by Ron Gant. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was schooled more than anything in, in the wrestling <laughs> by Ron Gant. We've talked about his uh, being the unofficial consultant for the movie Little Big League. Yep. Where uh, Timothy Busfield's character is loosely based on Herbie. Big fan of wrestling. We've talked about that before. I think we're going to we need to have a wrestling episode at one point uh, because there's a <laughs> lot of a lot of guys that have had something to do with wrestling that have uh, played Some crossover. Yeah. All right, I got two cards left here. Uh, first, we have got Spuds. This is a special uh, Fleer ultra elite team or something like that it's spuds so you know i'm gonna get now there's three pictures of him on the front of this card and he's wearing those rec specs in all three do i get three times the only if he actually has three heads on his body yes (laughs) well he's two pictures one he's wearing two and one stirrups the other is wearing real stirrups (laughs) well it's gotten complicated it really has (laughs) it's a lot of numbers floating around here we'll we'll uh we'll let the commissioner sort this out after we look (laughs) at the numbers here chris sabo uh of course lawyer chris sabo uh (laughs) 1991 
Uh, of course, he was a member of the 90 World Series champions. He gave a great drunken speech during the parade. 91, he was an all-star. I'll take that. That'll be some extra an extra point for me. He hit 301 on base of 354, 136 OPS, plus 26 ding-dongs, 88 RBI. All of that equates to a war of 5.0. Uh, as wow. I said, he was an all-star, so I will get half a point for that. And I'm going to go ahead and the commissioner has told me that I'm going to get a tenth of a point for this for the for the rec specs. And the two stirrups are going to wipe each other out. Fair enough. So that'll get me a 5.6 from Mr. Sabo. My final card is a pitcher. I think we pull him every single week. Pitcher for the Bucks, Neil Heaton. <laughs> we do. We do pull uh, uh, Pittsburgh's because uh, you Neil make Heaton a Patricia Heaton week. joke every week. <laughs> uh, let's see, Neil Heaton, twelve years in the big leagues. You cannot be angry with that. He was a left-handed pitcher, so of course he was there. Nineteen ninety-one. Oh, coming off his one all-star year in 90. Just missed it. Uh, 91 went 3-3 three and three with a 4.33 ERA out of the pen. 42 games. Uh, all of it equates to an ERA plus of 83. And that equals a war of minus 0.3. Oof. And he's got, uh, he's got two and ones. Loser. Oh, jeez. All right. So that's a minus 0.4. That will take me down to 18 even. Uh, I forgot that you would see we had the Yankees and the Padres. I don't think we had either of those here. All right. So I, I don't know. It was an okay score. 18. Yeah, that's the right in the, that's right in the wheelhouse. Right about the average. All right. So we're going to go ahead and open up your pack now. So you have got the 91 leaf set and there are. 15 cards in this pack. So you're going to have to lose five cards. Do you want them to be the top or the bottom cards? Let's drop the top five. Top five. All right. So you're going to lose Tom Gordon, Paul Gibson, Walt Weiss, Chuck Finley, and Shane Mack. Ooh, there, there could have been some numbers in there. Yeah. I, I think the Chuck Finley could probably be, and the Tom Gordon might hurt you. But let's see what you got. All right, so you're going to lead off with the Oriole third baseman. He is wearing glasses, so you got that working for you. It's Leo Gomez. Ah, oh, Leo Gomez, yes. Don't remember a whole lot about him. Well, uh, let me tell you something about him. Please do. Yeah, Leo Gomez spent seven years in the big league. Six of it were with the Orioles, who he came up with in 90. And then in 96, he played a year with the Cubs. In 1991, he was, for the most part, the third baseman for the Orioles. I guess Cal still hanging tough at short there. Eight votes in the Rookie of the Year. He hit 233 with a 99 LPS plus. He did have 16 home runs and 45 RBI. All that equates to a war of 2.4 plus the glasses will get you a 2.5. Right on. That's a good start. I'll take that. Yeah, for Leo Gomez, that's a real good yeah, start. No doubt. I believe we have talked about him before because unlike most players that leave the big leagues and go and spend half a year in Japan, uh, Leo, he spent six seasons with the Chunichi Dragons. Full on spent them. Uh, lifetime 293 hitter in Japan. 153 home runs. Uh, 382 on base and a 532 slugging. Those are some good numbers. Well done in Chunichi. Yeah. 
They must have loved him. All right. So you're at 2.5 after your first card. Next, you've got catcher for the Royals. At one point, he was catcher for the A's as well. Mike McFarlane. Ah, yes. Mike McFarlane. Mike McFarlane, 13 years in the big leagues, 11 of them with the Royals. That's nice. Um, Let's see, 1991. He led the league two years in hit by pitches. So our kind of guy. 91 only appeared in 84 games only. It's more than half the season, but he was uh, normally an everyday catcher. Let's see, hit 277, 330 on base for a 128 OPS. Very nice. 13 home runs, 41 RBI. And that equates to a 2.7 war. Nothing else is on this card is going to help you out. But uh, those are a couple of nice cards to start out with. Well, two and three pointers out of uh, guys I didn't have high expectations for. All right, your next card is uh, a grumpy guy. It's a left fielder for the Giants. It's Kevin Mitchell. Kevin Mitchell, who made one of the finest highlight plays anyone's ever screwed up and missed a ball and still been able to catch. Mitchell Monster, Boogie Bear, Tatanka, and World are his nicknames. I know we've we've mentioned that before because Tatanka always makes us laugh. Let's see, <laughs> yes. uh, 89 and 90 were really his, his prime years, and you've just missed those. Yeah. 91. Let's see, uh, ended up with a 256 average, 338 on base, still a 141 OPS plus with 27 home runs and 69 RBI. And uh, that equates to a 2.7 war. Andy's got real stirrups on. Andy's got eye black on. Wow. Uh Another 2.9. Wow. Uh, You're at 8.1 already after three cards. So very nice. Uh, We're going to go ahead and as usual, we're going to skip Kevin Mitchell's uh, (laughs) <laughs> off the field activities. Just go uh, watch him make that great highlight catch. That's all you need to do. Just remember him that way. All right, next you have got a guy that's got an IMDB page. We know this for sure. It is a knuckleballer. It's Tam. Tam. It's Tom Candiotti with Cleveland. Candiotti pitched for a long time. Let's see. Tom Candiotti, a.k.a. Cotton, pitched for 16 years. 1991, he split between Cleveland and Toronto. Went 13 and 13 with a 2.65 ERA. Wow. 159 ERA plus. And that is going to net you 7.0 war. What? Yes. Okay. Wow. Now, I do have some bad news for you. He's got two and ones. So uh, that's only going to be 6.9. I didn't expect that out of Mr. Candy. Wow. That is half of my total just about in one card. (laughs) Wow. Wow. He had a great year. He gave up. uh, He led the league in fewest home runs per nine with 0.5. Really good year for uh, for Tom Candiotti. Uh, Let's see. Let's take a look. I did mention that he does have an IMDb page. He, of course, when I think of him, he played uh, Hoyt Wilhelm in the Billy Crystal directed movie 61. Yes. That's uh, definitely where I remember him from. All right. Next, you have got a pitcher for the New York Yankees, which is good news because they're the team I picked. Uh Uh-oh. And it's none other than Mike Witt. Hey. So very timely being having been traded for for Dave Winfield out of New York. But uh, let's see, in 1991, it was his first full year in New York. He pitched in two games 
Went 0-1 with a 10.13 ERA. Not expecting high numbers here. Uh, So that is a war of minus 0.3. Of course, he is on the Yankees, who are my team this week. So that is a minus 0.8. I love it. You're going backwards. Now I'm feeling very confident. Yeah, I got to pump on the brakes here. This is not this is not going the right direction now. Uh, of course, Mike Witt had a perfect game. The final day of the season in 1984, where everyone was just trying to get out of town. 94 pitches to throw a complete game <laughs> against the Rangers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There have been five no hitters pitched on the final day of the regular season. <laughs> Guys just want to get on the golf course. That's right. All right, next you've got a guy uh, that is uh, sporting some flip downs, but also some two and ones. Uh, always has an 80 grade mustache. It's Jody Reed here with the Red Sox. Jody Reed, I only remember as a Red Sox player. That's who he came up with. That's that's where he started his career. I remember he would get traded to the Padres, but yeah, he's definitely a Red Sox. Six of his 11 years in the big leagues were with Boston, including 1990, where he led the league in doubles with 45. Uh, 91, hit 283, 349 on base, 382 slugging. Not much of, not much power. Uh, 99 OPS plus, 42 R, uh, 42 doubles though, 60 RBI. And that equates to a 3.9 war. I'm not wow. feeling confident anymore again. All those doubles. That, that'll take you up to 18.1 uh, as opposed to my 18.0. So. Uh-oh. I need a lot of Yankees the rest of this uh, rest of this pack. Uh, next, we've got a catcher for the Orioles. It is Chris Hoyles. I remember Chris Hoyles uh, mostly because uh, a friend of mine used to use his last name as a curse word. I won't go into it any further. What, what, what letter does it replace? Like, what's the swear word that he would replace it? No, it was a brand new curse word. Oh. It's just how you pronounce it, which is too shrill for the uh, microphone I'm using. Well, let's see. Uh, Chris spent 10 years in the big leagues, all of it with the Orioles. We've got a couple of guys this week that have exclusively been with one team. In 1991, uh, let's see, 107 games. Uh, he hit 243, had 11 home runs, 31 RBA, 93 OPS plus, And that is a 1.6 war. Uh, nothing on this card is going to get you anything, but that is going to extend your lead. Over me, you're 19.7 with two cards left. As long as I don't run into Fred Merkel, I should be okay here. Huh. Have you ever heard of an ultimate Grand Slam? No. (laughs) So this is a Grand Slam that is a walk-off that is hit, obviously, it's a walk-off, so it's it's the bottom of an inning and you're the home team, when your team is down by three runs exactly. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So uh, at the time that this was written, he was one of 23 players to hit an ultimate Grand Slam when he walked off your Seattle Mariners in 1996. Of course he did. Full count, two outs. Wow. That's the stuff you do in the backyard when you're growing up. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Good for him. Wow. All right. So you're at 19.7. You've got two cards left and uh, your second to last card is a Hall of Famer. Oh, good. Doesn't bode well for me. Uh, Here he is with the Dodgers, his hometown team, Eddie Murray. Eddie Murray, switch hitter, lots of power, Hall of Fame. Mostly remember him as an Oriole. 
Yeah, definitely. Oriole is, I'm sure, what his plaque is in Cooperstown. 21 years in the big leagues, 13 of it with Baltimore, four with the Dodgers. I don't remember him playing that much. Uh, Good news for you. He was an all-star in 1991 for L.A. Oh, nice. Uh, Let's see. Hit 260, 321 on base, 403 slugging a 105 OPS plus 19 home runs, 96 RBI, and all of that is going to get you a 1.3 war. He's a Hall of Famer, so that's 2.3, an all-star, so that's 2.8, and he's got a MIMS band on, so a 2.9 for you. Wow. Boy, he just kept adding up little piece by little piece. It just kept going. He's got a great mustache, of course, but we don't do the facial hair anymore. No. All right. Your final card is uh, is an Astro, one of our favorite nicknames. He's a pitcher. Jim Two Silhouettes on Deshays. I love Jim Deshays. All right. Jim Deshays, a.k.a. J.D. Okay. 12 years in the big leagues. Seven of it was with Houston. 1991. Uh, let's see. Five and 12 with a 4.98 ERA. 70 Ouch. ERA plus. And that equals a war of minus 0.7. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. That'll take you down to 21.9, but that is well above my 18 even. And we'll add on to your victory. You're halfway home now. You are at 10 wow. wins now. So congratulations, sir. Oh, thank you. We, uh, we uh, owe it all to our coaching staff. Well, you had to pick between the, the Fleer and the Leaf this week. so That was the tough part right there. Yeah, there was some more, and <laughs> you, you did have some skill involved this week, most definitely. Oh, tons of it. <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap up this episode of Wax Packs Heroes. Likewise, it's going to start to wrap up this show. I'd like to remind everybody, we've got a ton of stuff going on on social media. Right now, we're posting a Ricky Henderson picture a day until the lockout is over. I'm having a lot of fun. I've got over a thousand Ricky Henderson pictures and I'm going through and I'm picking out one every day, posting it on social media with a little bit more information. People seem to like that. That's great. You can find us on the social medias at Two Strike Noise. That is at T-W-O Strike Noise on Twitter, on Instagram. We are on YouTube. We put some videos up last week. We've got some things planned coming up here before the new year. We're also on Twitch every now and then. Mark, we also have an email address they can get a hold of us on. Yeah, you can write to it at uh, two strike noise. Again, spell it out T W O strike noise at gmail.com. Been getting all kinds of cool emails, and I, uh, we promise to get back to you. Just uh, don't, you know, if uh, we don't get back to you in the first couple of days, we will eventually. And as I mentioned, we've got some things coming up we're going to do uh, on, on Twitch and YouTube here. I think we're going to do an episode next week, uh, which I think is the week of Christmas. But we'll still put out an episode next week, but then we're going to take the week between Christmas and New Year's off from the podcast. We are planning on doing another This Week in Baseball uh, watch on Twitch. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be This Week in Baseball or I've got some other baseball videos that I'm itching to look at where we can just sit back and, and talk about some 80s and 90s baseball as we watch it. So we'll be we'll make sure to let you know about those, uh, hopefully before, you know, we go live in five minutes kind of thing. Uh, and uh, maybe when you've got some time off this holiday, you can sit around and watch some baseball stuff with us. I think that'll be fun. Mark, what do you say we do this one more time during this year? I can, I can do it one more time. I think I got that in me. All right. Well, then uh, we will see everybody next week on the next episode of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day. <laughs>